This episode of Hey Kids Comics was recorded two days after the untimely and quite sudden death of actress Elizabeth Slayton. This episode is dedicated to her memory. You're daft. But I haven't ever thanked you for that time. And like I said, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. Something to tell the grandkids? Uh, I think it'd be someone else's grandkids now. Right, yes. Sorry, I didn't get a chance to ask. You haven't... There hasn't been anyone, you know. Well, there was this one guy. I travelled with him for a while, but he was a tough act to follow. <laughs> goodbye, Doctor. Oh, it's not goodbye. You say it, please, this time. Say it. Goodbye. My Sarah Jane. A56-7W. Classified top secret. Subject is... Hey, Kids Comics! Comic books. An art form early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude... We can make them better than they were before. Better, stronger, faster. Lovely people, and welcome to episode 16. Is this 16? Yes. Episode 16 of Hey Kids Comics. I'm your host, Michael Leyland, and this is my co pilot, Andrew Leyland. Co pilot. You're my co pilot for this one. I'm your co pilot. Does that mean I'm Dominic Santini to your string fellow hawk? Yes. I'd be dead impressed if anyone gets that. I'm your goose to your maverick. Mm -hmm. Excellent. I'm your Mr. Chekhov. To your Mr. Sulu. You can be my Sam to my Michael. Oh, Al to your Mike. No, he wasn't Michael, wasn't he? He was Sam. You're Sam and I'm Michael. Sam Axe. Okay. Alright, oh, Sam <laughs> Axe. I, I would love to be Bruce Campbell. I'll yeah. be Bruce Campbell, you can be Michael Weston. Okay. My name is Michael Weston. I used to be a spy. Until. Anyway. You've been blacklisted. <laughs> we got a burn notice on you. You're blacklisted. Um, yeah, all right, I'll be your co-pilot for this episode, because, you know, doing this Blackest Night epic was your idea. Indeed. Indeed. And it was a damn good idea, It too. was fine. Together we read comics and we talk about them for 40 minutes. 40 minutes? When have we ever done an episode that was 40 minutes? Together we read comics and talk about <laughs> them for about an hour or so. For <laughs> only. But in our opinion, it's the best damn hour you can listen it to. It will be the best hour of your comic reading, comic podcasting, listening life ever. Does ever. anyone else in England do a comic podcast? Maybe. I've not found one. I've found lots of American ones, and they're very good. Hmm. But I, I don't know, I've never found a British one. Maybe they just do the Captain Britain comics, because <laughs> Captain Britain doesn't sell very good. Because Captain Britain's a big stiff. Yes. 
it could be any comic. Any comic. But we try to ignore the ones that are big at the moment. Or ones that other podcasts cover, except when we don't. Except when we don't, yes. Kind of like this one. Yes, we're not going to do Superman Spider-Man 2 now, though. Are we not? No, I listened to the Two True Freaks version of that. Okay. We can't beat that. It was brilliant. It was so funny. Okay. You should listen to some of that. I, I Go on, carry on. Oh, sorry, yes, this is my bit. You can edit that later. Michael's editing this episode as well, so <laughs> be afraid. <laughs> be very, very afraid. There will be lots of punky-type music on it. Um, beware the blackest night. So you're going to add some sexy reverb to my voice there. Yes. Well, I would hope so. Um, the Blackest Night episode you are about to listen to leads to full frontal spoilers. If you haven't read this stuff, we will ruin it for you. You, you don't get a choice. Been warned. <laughs> I don't know why I did that oh. little Ming the Merciless laugh at the end. Though. I don't need to do any of but that was very uh, sexy. I, I thought that was great. Yeah, yes. I'm very, very impressed with my ability to script ad libs. Anyway, after oh, take a drink. After a brief stop back on Earth to tour New York with the Star Spangled Avenger, and yes, that was a plug for last week's show, which was our Captain America special. Anyone would think there was a movie out or something, wasn't there? I, I heard rumours about yeah, it. I heard rumours about it. Well, I, I thought it couldn't be. It's got Johnny Storm as Captain America. I know, and you can't play two superhero characters, can I know. you? That would just be silly. Anyway, we're now headed back to the stars, where we went for our Star Wars episodes, uh, a, a quintet of magnificent oral entertainment. Again, that's oral with an A-U and not an O-R, because if it was with an O-R, that would be a completely different kind of show. Oral pleasuring. Oh, right. Ah, okay, glad we're on that. We head out into the final frontier as we take on the Blackest Night. By authority of the mystic guardians of the universe, on the far distant planet Oa, Al Jordan test pilot becomes the Green Lantern, a cosmic crusader whose magical power ring at his bidding accomplishes the impossible. Continuing fight against interplanetary evil. Green Lantern, Guardian of the Galaxy. Way back when an icon died. Superman. He did. Mm-hmm. And this led to the introduction of four new Supermen. One of which was a robot Superman. Cyborg Superman, who was Cyborg. dead cool. He was, actually. Who was then later revealed as Hank Henshaw. Henshaw, with the help of Mongol, destroyed Coast City, home of Hal Jordan. Boo! Yes. Why Boo for Hal Jordan? Not Boo for Hal Jordan, Boo for Destroying Coach City. Oh, right. That was a good issue. Have you read The Death and Return of Superman? Yes, I have. It's That's a good one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I like that one. And this drove Hal Jordan crazy as he turned into Parallax, the embodiment of fear, and destroyed the Green Lantern power battery as well as killing the entire Green Lantern Corps and the Guardians, except for Gamfort. Is that true? Are they, yeah. He really killed the entire Green Lantern Corps? He killed Kilowog. Oh, man! You can't kill Kilowog, despite Kill being in his name. I like Kilowog, I think he's funny. In the last-ditch effort to redeem himself, Jordan sacrificed his life to reignite the sun during the final night. That wasn't a very good crossover. Was it not? No. Oh, I won't read it then. His soul then came to be the em- embodied by the Spectre. The Spectre? Who is the Spectre? I do believe he is God's vengeance. Is he? I think so. Because at the, at the moment, he's the guy from Gotham Central, Christmas Allen. Yes. Following 52. Before but I'm getting ahead of myself, though. Before that, it was Hal Jordan, and before that, it was Norman McKay. Was he? Yes. All right. Norman McKay from Kingdom Come? 
Yes. Oh, okay. That would be where the gut kingdom come from. Uh, there's, see, there's a point where some of this continuity references are quite cool, yes. and then there's a point where we're having to explain all of this before we can even talk about the comics we're talking about. Yeah, what happens when you're like 75 years worth, worth of, of continuity? But ever since Crisis, we don't The C word. <laughs> <laughs> After this, others took on the mantle of the Green Lantern of Sector 2814. God, I'm sad. No, which is Earth. Yes, yeah. it is Earth. Others like John Stewart, Cal Rayna, and Guy Gardner. Can we can we say that's not John Stewart, the guy who does a chat show in America? John Stewart does a chat show. There's a guy called John Stewart who does a chat show. Oh, the okay. Daily Show with John Stewart. Oh, okay. It's a political kind of chat. Show. Oh right, right. Then in 2004, Jeff Johnson, Ethan Van Skeever released Green Lantern Rebirth, bringing back the long dead Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. After this... Can I ask a question, though? Yes. How did they resurrect Kilowog and everyone else if Hal Jordan killed them all? Do you, have you read that story? Or have you just read that on Wikipedia? Read which story? The Hal Jordan kills everybody story. I can't find it, but I've read it and, like... Well, you can't read a Green Lantern comic ever without him saying, I was once paralyzed. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> I was I once paralyzed. the Green Lantern Corps. It's like there's a checklist Jeff Johns goes through. But I wonder how was, I was Kilowog alive. They didn't explain that. Oh, right. Or if they did. Yeah, what you need to do is hit the 50p bins at the Manchester comic shows. Well, no, in Rebirth, I shall tell you now, it starts with Kyle Rayner in a rocket ship going... We like Kyle Rayner. Uh, is Kyle Rayner dead, then? No. Because he can't be, because he's in Blackest Night. I know. And then, <laughs> he's like, Ugh, I am dying, and then Kilowog comes down and beats him up. Right. See, we're showing here that Michael is much more into Green Lantern than I am. Mm. And thus he has to fill in the blanks in my knowledge. I'm not very good at that, though. But you're all right, I suppose. Since there's a lot of blanks to fill. <laughs> anyway. After this, Johns went to write the Green Lantern as an ongoing, as well as the Green Lantern Corps recharge with Dave Gibbons and Patrick Gleason. After re-establishing Jordan, the first major event in this ongoing was the Sinestro Corps War, which tied into the Green Lantern and its sister title, as well as having its own special. This was arguably the start of the Road to Blackest Night, as it started the War of Light. And there's lots of hints in the Sinestro Corps War about the soon-to-be-coming Blackest Night. Including the birth of the Black Lantern. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's like signposted in some ways really, really badly. Which is not to say that the Sinestro Corps War isn't very good, because it is. It really is. I was dead impressed with it. And you thought it was going to be trapped. Well, the reason that we had to do the Captain America show last week is simply because I had to read... Revenge of the Red Lantern, Revenge of the Green Lanterns, The Sinestro Corps War, Secret Origin, Rage of the Red Lanterns, and Agent Orange before I could read Blackest Night because I hadn't read any of them. So I've just like gorged myself on Green Lantern over the past month. Yeah, I? but it was good though. It was, and we will talk about some of that later. Over time, more cores were introduced, like the Red Lanterns of Rage, the Orange Lanterns of Avarice, the Blue Lanterns of Hope, and the Star Sapphires of Love. And not which... the Pinky Russet Lanterns of Gobbledygook. Pinky what word? I would love a pinky russet lantern. Would you? Yeah. No, they were introduced in this. A slightly like, marvy shade of pinky russet. Pinky russet. What's mm. russet? I don't know. It's just from it. Taker's guy. Carry on. I should read more. I, I, real I, I, books. I do read real books. <laughs> I have a bookshelf full of them. However, there was still one core missing. The pinky russety. The pinky russety ones, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Led by naught. <laughs> In The Secret Origin, in which Johns retells Hal Jordan's origin, 
he continued to hint at the Blackest Night and its ultimate mastermind, William Hunt. Do we think that the upcoming movie is going to be heavily based on Secret Origin? Yes, but if it is really heavily based, they'll have to edit it in some way since Secret Origin is just a big sign going, hey, I'm doing Blackest Night next. Yeah. Read this, guys. I know, but the basic origin, they could probably just strip all the Blackest Night references out, couldn't they? In September 2009... That long ago? Yeah, indeed. Issue 43 of the Green Lantern, the prolude to Blackest Night, was released. I'm sure you meant prelude. (laughs) I don't know what a prolude is. Was prolude not currency in Star Trek? I bet 14 proludes on the (laughs) Earth, Captain. Shush. Some people have a way with words, other people have no way. (laughs) Have no way at all. Oh. This one issue was what got the both of us into Jeff John's Green Lantern. Yes. Now, Dad buys comics over the internet now from Ace Comics. Who are excellent and do a fine job, I have to say. But I do miss going to a comic shop. Mm. I still go to them. And talking to Mark and getting free comics. Yeah. I got Green Lantern Rebirth issue three for free. We did, Mark. yeah. Mm. Tying cool. into this. Yeah. And due to an error, we received this issue of Green Lantern. After reading it, Dad then purchased all the paperbacks. He always thinks it was just a ploy to get him to buy more comics. Like I need an excuse. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can I just say, it was an excellent issue. I was quite surprised by just how dark it was. I don't remember Green Lantern being dark like that when I was your age. Uh, Younger, probably. I remember Green Lantern being this kind of goofy sci-fi thing where he was allergic to the colour yellow. Which always struck me as a bit silly. He's not anymore, is he? No, he's not. They've, they've got rid of that rather stupid illness. Because wasn't it Big Bang Theory that kind of said he could be beaten with a 2B pencil? Both of them, yeah. Was it? Which was just a bit silly. Isn't the other, the old Green Lantern, is he still allergic to wood? I'm allergic to wood. <laughs> got wood? <laughs> I ain't. don't know about that. Uh, the one who was the... The cape and... The big cape the magic with the big one. collar. Yeah. Yeah. The one who hangs around with the Flash that wears the tin hat. Yeah, I like the Flash with the tin hat. Do you? Yeah. Well, I don't mind it. He's alright. That tin hat had come off when he ran faster. Maybe he has like a strap on it. Maybe he has string under it his is chin. an army helmet. The one with the hat, who was based after Hermes, the Roman god who could run dead fast. And you knew that. I did. You yes. did not research I it. did not research, because the level of research that goes into this show, let's be honest. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. Aha. For a time, Blackest Night was... Everywhere, and it seemed like just about every regular DC comic book had a tie into it. And Dad thought it was overtrout trash, overhyped trash, <laughs> overhyped trash, spoonerism alert, overhyped trash, overhyped trash, overhyped trash. Yes, I did. Yes, I'm still not wrong. But it's not trash. It's we don't know that the 14 other books that tied into this aren't trash I was in Manchester today in Travelling Man plugging the comic store if they listen to us and I looked at all the different there's 5 or 6 more hardcovers yeah. for this than what we've got here mm-hmm. we've only got 2, we've got the Blackest Night hardcover and we've got the Blackest Night Green Lantern hardcover and those are all you need really and, those are all you need. and the fact it's one more than you should have to need but that's a rant I'll get on to later I'm still down there having two as long as the edit uh, edits all in the right How miffed would you be to buy an £18.99 hardback, which we didn't pay full price for? No. I will be honest, we only paid a tenner because I'm big on buying things for cheap. Um, And get to the end of it, like you do with this Green Lantern Blackest Night hardcover, and it says to be continued. Mm. That's like going to the cinema, getting to the end of the film, 
And it says to be, oh yeah, Back to the Future 2 did that, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, and, and The Empire Strikes Back didn't give you an ending. And, and Matrix 2. Yeah. Alright, forget that. Carry on. Right. But anyway, it's like, it didn't even bother me that, because guess what? I what? didn't read it. No, you didn't until I bought your blackest now. I kind of flipped through and it was like, oh look, what's going on? Uh, people die. <laughs> yeah, like, oh look, oh. people die. Isn't that pretty much every DC book currently being published? Yeah. Oh look, go. Oh look, got, people die. Who's this dude? Like, and then you shut it so from? that it didn't ruin it for who, you. Who are those dudes? Yeah. What, what's going on? What's go- Sinestro? Why is he like that? I'm not reading anymore. No, very sensible. I know. And at a convention, after seeing the hardback of Green Lantern tie-ins for cheap, Dad bought me it. But I was just it said, Thought Bubble? Or was no, it the other one, Bix? It was Bix. It was... Only 9 99 Yes. So I bought it. But, like I said, I decided not to read it until I had the main series. Mm. It was three months until I had the main series. <laughs> was it worth the wait? It was, yeah, actually. On Christmas morning, it was all mine. Thanks, Dad. Uh, you're alright, mate. The Blackest Night hardback. But even then, I decided not to read it, because we didn't have all the trade paperbacks. But after a while, I just screwed it, gave it, and read it. You didn't need Agent Orange, did you? Not it only really. introduces La Fleas. <laughs> Which is a mixture of lard and sneeze. <laughs> yeah, lard and sneeze. <laughs> yeah. The way it was tied in, though, meant that if you wanted to read just The Blackest Night, then you could pick it up and you could read it. But if you wanted to find the full Blackest Night story, then Green Lantern was one to read as well. But they're both separate collections, and I had to find out what reading order to read them in. And now I'm just sat here shaking my head at that, because that's everything that's wrong. A reading order. With a comic book. A bloody reading order. Well, since... Michael! For me to do this show, what Michael had to do for me, and I'm holding it in my hand right now, he had to write me, in hand, to be fair, he didn't type this up, on a piece of paper, what order I had to read this damn story in. God, it was annoying. Mm. Switching from Blackest Night hardcover back to the Green Lantern hardcover, to go back to Blackest Night for an issue, to go back to Green Lantern for two issues. It was irritating as hell. Yes, but it was all the help you needed. Why did they not publish it as one omnibus? Exactly. Why did they not blame the editing companies? Not Canada. No, I like Canada. Okay. Blame Canada. Or blame the editing companies. Yes, indeed. They screwed the pooch. They put the comics in different books. Blame the editors. Blame the editors. But not the band or the company. Just DC Comics. Blame the editors. Blame the editors. Actually, they're just editors. That's not even a real job, anyway. <laughs> what, being an editor? Yeah. <laughs> or being in the editors. Carry on. I like the editors. There are, right? And they're not the editors. They're just editors. Yes. So as you can diss reading orders, you got Sp- this month Spider-Man and FF in the wrong order. Yeah, I read them in the wrong order. Yeah. Yeah, because, because nobody said anything about them not being in the right order. So you don't and know they that. don't have to be in the right order. You can still read them and go, all right, this obviously takes place before that last story. But it didn't matter. If I'd read Green Lantern, just off the top of my head on this list of yours here. Yes. If I'd read Green Lantern 49 yes. before I read Blackest Night 5, I'd have been buggered. Because that's quite a pivotal story, Green Lantern 49, 1551. What's a Green Lantern? A Green Lantern. <laughs> it's like a Green Lantern, only it gleams. I'm liking that. Yes. 
even with two series, it was hard to read. Hmm. But did it stop there? No. No, it didn't. Blackest Night then tied into everything in the DC Universe. <laughs> the tie-ins didn't hold up too much on their own, and you could do fine without reading them. I mean, did you really need to know about Wonder Woman being chased by a zombie Maxwell Lord? No, but it did add a certain depth to the story. If you say so. Anyway, God, I'm doing that a lot tonight. Yes. Whoever listens to this and plays that drinking game is going to be drunk by now. <laughs> and we're only 20 minutes into the show. They're probably going to be laughing along. <laughs> well, we hope so. Our scripted ad-libs are, are very funny. Uh, oh, anyway, it's time for a break. I need a drink and you probably need a pee. Um, every one of the songs covered over the course of our Blackest Night epic shows will tie into the different colours of the different core. To kick off, black, which also is death, isn't it? Yes. Blackest Lanterns? It is. We hope you enjoy this tune. decided what it's going to be yet but we know it's got black or death in it somewhere they don't know that they don't know that right don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain no okay are you going to kick off our epic synopses of these marvellous storylines I, I shall indeed which issue are you talking about Green Lantern 43 Tale of the Black Lantern I quite liked this one yes you did written by Jeff Johns and penciled by Doug Mank Inked by Christian... Is that Mank, or is it Mankay? Mank. I've always said Mank. Alright, fair enough. Doug Doug Mank. But it could be Mankay. It could be Mankay. I wish to be posh. Doug Mankay, or Mankay. 
the cover of this. I don't think you'd like Mankey. Mankey. <laughs> Doug Mankey. It's <laughs> 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 almost Doug Skanky. No disrespect to Doug, though. I'm, I'm, I'm sure your surname it doesn't rhyme with Skanky at all. Don't listen to what Dad says. I quite like your pencils. I've not said anything <laughs> negative yet. Yet. <laughs> There's still time. This is a rather dark cover, showing a creepy-looking black hand leaning over Bruce Wayne's grave. <gasps> Bruce Wayne's dead? Yes. When did that happen? Final Crisis, like two years ago. But then didn't he die again in Batman R.I.P.? Hey, oh, I've no, no. died twice! He didn't die in R.I.P., but he got... Just, just, just read the internet. Oh, it's Grant Morrison. It just makes my oh, brains bleed. Listen to... Grant Morrison mentioned there's no sirens because you mentioned it yeah I did it's your fault but if you want to find out more on the Batman R.I.P. and Final Crisis and the death of him listen to our Batman podcast which I do believe was episode 2 episode 2 where we also talked about Batman the player on the other side fantastic Batman story from 1984 yes urinates all over Grant Morrison's stuff in my opinion You've not read all the Grant Morrison stuff. No, because I like my brain in my head and not dribbling out my nose. <laughs> Carry on. But it's fun. It's fun to watch my brain dribble out my nose. <laughs> it's all green and stuff. <laughs> oh, snot. Anyway, bloody, it's running from his nose, down his teeth and his chin. Oh, the new DC. <laughs> he's also holding dead flowers and his veins are running all over the same hand he's wearing a strange new ring. Is that a black ring? Yes. Ah. It's just glowing in a way yes. that makes I it... I was light. intrigued by that cover, to be honest with you. For one, I was intrigued as to why Bruce Wayne's grave was on the cover of a Green Lantern comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two, I, w- I wanted to know who he was. He was quite interesting in the, the way that dark, scurry men are interesting. Okay. Okay. What happens in the issue, Michael? What does happen in its eye? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's not written by Grant Morrison. I'm sure you have every way of understanding it. Oh, yeah. Anyway. The Guardian Scar, named because of the obvious scar running down her face, after being attacked by the Anti-Monitor, retells the history of the Guardians. Guardians of the Universe. The little blue dudes. The little blue dudes. In the beginning, on the first planet created, question mark, Mm. the first race born made themselves the Guardians of the Universe and created the, uh, their own police corps. The self-appointed police corps. They decided, hey, we're going to protect the universe. Nobody made them. They just got up one morning and said, that'll be fun. That'll <laughs> keep us busy. We've got nothing else to do, being little blue dudes. And so it's not like we'll turn into complete a-holes later on. No, God, no, that wouldn't happen. Because <laughs> absolute power doesn't corrupt absolutely. Do these people not watch Captain Kirk? Apparently not. <laughs> why, why did he go crazy? He didn't, but he had a friend who went crazy. Absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Uh, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Above all, a god needs compassion. Lucy in the sky. Oh, stop. It's always a good William Shatner joke, though. <laughs> Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Where's the biggest William Shatner joke? Carry on. The Manhunters. They created the Manhunters to keep the universe peaceful. Yes, make that make sense into English. And what he's basically saying is the Guardians of the Universe decided we're going to man, we're going to police the entire universe. No one's asked us to, but we're going to do it anyway. And we will create big robot cops to keep the peace. And we will call them 
Manhunters. Yes, so that instills instantly. That instills, oh, look, peace. Manhunters. It's like being surprised. I think we've made this joke before. It's like being surprised that the Decepticons are bad guys. Yeah. Really? The clue wasn't in the name. Manhunters. Hmm. And they turned evil. What a shock. <laughs> it's like going to a Duran Duran concert and realising they're crap. <laughs> <laughs> You've gone to a Duran Duran concert. Surely you know that they're crap to begin with. Yeah. After a programming error, however, the Manhunters slaughtered an entire space sector. The Guardians then harnessed the Emerald Light of Willpower and created the Green Lantern Corps. She reads a verse from the Book of O. Oa. 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 Green light, command, don't wanna go home. Shut up now and you can carry on. Thank you. Come, <laughs> Mr. Lantern Man, tally me my lantern. Daylight, come, man, I want my green ring. About how during the War of Light, the blackest night will rise. As she or he. What gender are the Guardians? Um, well, they must be male and female, because isn't Gantet, who we'll meet later, a oh. bloke? And Saeed. And Saeed's a chick. Unless they're all Smurfs. Unless they're all Smurfs, in which case they don't, they're gender neutral. Yeah. She reads <laughs> a verse from the book of Oa, Oa, about how during the War of Light, the blackest night will begin. As she, or he, or whatever, reads this, the black lantern symbol appears in their eyes and they bleed black <laughs> goo. This what was that in where they bled black goo? Was that a TV show? It was the X-Files, wasn't it? Oh, it's Supernatural. No, it was the X-Files. X-Files did it first. The aliens bled black goo. Ectoplasm. No, it wasn't ectoplasm. It was the alien. In the X-Files, wasn't it? Yeah. It was ectoplasm. Okay. I mean, you get a seriously nice affair. Back on Earth, William Hand, the Black Hand... A.K.A. ...lies in a grave, <laughs> holding skeletons in the rain. And he's not in any way stupid. That's not a song either, is it? What? Here we go, hanging skeletons in the rain. No, it's flowers in the rain. something calling his name and as he does as he does he tells us the story of his life does he tell us that the audience or is he just talking to himself in the context of the story I think he's telling us it oh okay so he knows we're paying attention so this is like that animal man where he knows he's in a comic yeah and she where she knew she was in a comic Grant Morrison Grant Morrison <laughs> alert which was so good as well I know Not bringing can't it. help it yeah, he's everywhere now. Mm. He's even in my Chemical Romance videos. 
Only two. Mm. Only. He kills. Two more than me. I- I'm all right with it because he kills Jared Way. <laughs> Carry on. His parents worked in a morgue. They also lived there. Great. <laughs> so those kids are going to grow up normal. <laughs> well, obviously. Obviously not, no. He didn't relate to anyone around, and he had a strange attraction to death. The girl who we talked about in episode five of our show, six. I, I couldn't show. understand that, but no, he meant dead, it meant dead people. Okay. Dead. I see dead people. <laughs> I sleep with them too. Oh! <laughs> Better necrophilia, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> When he was young, he killed and stuffed the family dog. (laughs) Because of this, he was then sent to a number of psychologists, where he told them that he was uncomfortable near living people. Really? And living people are also uncomfortable near him. (laughs) Living people don't tend to be living very long near him. One day he was attacked by a strange alien, Atrocitus. Is that not Atrocitus? As in Atrocity? It may be. Because that makes more sense. And I do love the name Atrocitus. Yeah. That's a brilliant name. Who told him that his insides hold the doorway to absolute darkness. What does Atrocitus call that before he discovered that he was atrocious and he committed atrocities? Was he just Is this another one of those comic characters who has a name that will ultimately reflect his powers? Yeah. Excellent. Was he just called Itus before? (laughs) Atro. Mm. He saw two Green Lanterns, Hal Jordan and Sinestro, attack the alien... And William quickly grabbed Atrocitus's cosmic divining rod. Doesn't the Silver Surfer have one of them? No, he has a surfboard. Who has a cosmic divining rod? Atrocitus. I know Atrocitus <laughs> has one, but I'm sure somebody in a Marvel comic has one. It'll come back to me. Thanos has his gauntlet thing. Yeah, the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. A device that absorbed power, the divining rod, not the gauntlet. No. And fled after a mysterious voice told him. So he hears voices, he lies in graves with corpses, and he licks skeletons. <laughs> no, not yet. He doesn't. Oh, God. <laughs> after that event, the lantern's light scared him and made him want and to. And he's scared of light. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Can't go out in daytime, mummy. And made him want to shut off the powering to turn off the light. He created a costume out of, guess what, <laughs> body bags, <laughs> and attacked Hal. Soon after, he attacked more Green Lanterns, until one day, Parallax destroyed the Green Power Battery. Oh no! Just before Jordan's rebirth, William lost his hand that was uncomfortable. after the Spectre, or Hal Jordan, attacked him. He was then attacked by German space gremlins, <laughs> who gave him a new hand. sentence you don't hear every day (laughs) it's true though it's very true but this new hand meant that he killed everything he touched evil hand evil hand evil hand (laughs) (laughs) wasn't me it was the hand in the present he climbs out of the grave and follows the voice he then lists all or most of the deaths in the DC universe we'll bore you with that later oh we will he then reaches his old house and he kills his entire family. What a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. He then sits down and shoots himself. Scar then hovers over his body and talks to the mysterious voice. She, or oh, he, hey. then shoots out a black powering and tells the zombie black hand <laughs> that he <laughs> just sounds wrong. <laughs> I wonder who's constipated. <laughs> 
Go on, shoots out a black power ring. <laughs> and tells the zombie black hand. Michael's incapacitated <laughs> with laughter. Tells the zombie black hand. That he is the embodiment of the black, black lantern. lantern. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Page one of our delightful issue. Um, it's a good setup, actually, because we hadn't read any of this no. when we read this by accident. As you said, it was sent to me in my little comic book packages by Ace Comics by mistake. And fair play to them. They didn't ask me to send it back or charge me for it or anything, which is quite nice. Got a free comic. And I got a free comic out of it, which is always nice. Um, G- Green Lantern's a book we follow in trade paperback, so yeah. we haven't read up to this at that point. And I could follow pretty much everything that was going on. Um I was, it has to be said, immediately swept up by the story. The unrelenting grimness of it yes. for a superhero comic that, I mean, other than your Green Lantern cut, other than Green Lantern Rebirth, yeah. I hadn't really read a lot of Green Lantern. So I always, I just remember him from the kids' stuff I read, where he was scared of yellow, which always struck me as a bit silly. But I'm a Marvel zombie, not, and you're a DC zombie. Yeah. So, no, it was good. Now, too much darkness is a bit grim. A bit. But uh, here it was quite compelling. Um, Page two is 17 types of gross, where William Hand is asleep in... It looks like he's spooning a skeleton. So he's kind of cuddled up with it in a grave, and it's pouring down... And he's got a rather phallic-looking device strapped to his belt that's got a glowing end. The joke, are you just pleased to see me, or is that a glowing bell end in your pocket, comes to mind. Um, uh, yes, so that's that's just a bit wrong. Whatever rows your particular boat. Yes, whatever floats your boat. Whatever butters your bread. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> oh, dear. Page seven of this issue doesn't quite match up with how this happened in Secret Origin. Really. Um, it's close enough that you can give them a pass that they probably had this in mind when they wrote Secret Origin. It certainly seems like Johns has been heading towards this for quite some time now. I mean, there's hints about Blackest Night in some Sinestro Core War and even all the stuff with Abin Sir crashing on Earth, there's little subtle hints there. So, it does look like he's had this planned out for a while, doesn't it? Mm. Page four, William Stuffed and Mounted the Family Dog. (laughs) Um, I'm not big on cruelty to animals, to be honest with you. I'm perfectly okay with cruelty to people. (laughs) But cruelty to animals just just seems a bit silly. What did bug me about this issue, I mean, new readers would probably say they don't care, but why don't they do footnotes anymore? Where they say, this happened in Green Lantern 28. This happened in Green Lantern 14. I don't know. They don't do that anymore, do they? No. I used to like them. I mean, how much of this is Silver Edge continuity, and how much of it is pre-crisis and post-crisis? I'm going to be really sad here and tell you. Go on, then. Well, one hint is the style of the art. It's all by Doug Manka. Nobody changes that, so you compare that panel. Right, so you think that's is, Silver Edge stuff? Yes, right. and so is that. But then Whereas the Parallax stuff? All new. Is all, you know, His okay. art style changes a bit. There's more toning on the stuff set in the new. Well, oh, fair enough. Uh, not being a DC kid, it would have been useful on page 12 and 13 to have the names of the characters 
superhero names as well as their real names when that they list the dead. Be really sad and tell you Well, that. yeah. Well, it was my problem with Justice League when Brad Meltzer was writing it. He just assumed you knew who all these people were. So, yeah. like, I have no idea who Al Pratt is. Al Pratt. Who's Al Pratt? Who's Ronnie Raymond? Well, he was Firestorm, obviously. Yeah. Who was Ryan Kendall? Ryan Kendall. Yeah. Who's Roger Hayden? Roger Hayden. Who's Roy Lincoln? Who's D. Tyler? Roger Hayden is Psycho Pirate. Is he? Yes, who's right. the other one? Okay. Who's just got his face caved in by somebody's hand? Do you know what it was? Oh, he has that mask, right? That changes me. people's emotions. So Black Hand just went up to him and stuck his fingers in his eyes. That's just Psycho Pirate from Crisis on Infinite Earth. Yeah. Who the anti-monitor needs to yeah. monitor the emotions of the Earth. Yeah. Oh, so I didn't know who half of these people were. To be honest, I mean, I knew some of them, obviously, yeah. but not all of them. Page eighteen, nineteen. I'm sure you're going to disagree with me here. To be honest that. with you, but did we really, really need a full-page spread of William blowing his own brains out? No, but it was fun. It, is it though? And then we've got an entire page after that that's just him <laughs> falling to the floor with his brains spilling all over the nice carpet, and you know the new DC there's no stopping us now I quite liked that to be honest because if you read Marvel comics something it would be like someone's holding a gun then the next panel will be a shot in his eyes and it'll all go black and the next panel will be a silhouette falling to the floor good I don't need to see somebody blowing their brains out in slow motion in my <laughs> comic books you're alright with it happening in silhouette yes I'm fine with that I'm even fine with it being ambiguous what would have been wrong with that if you only see half that panel so you see what he does. You don't need any of that page at all where he falls to the floor. You know he's dead. He's just shot himself through the head with his phallic symbol. Yeah, really big on that. Yes. Swapping between the hardbacks to read this was a real pain in the ass. But you didn't, it was just one issue. No, to read the whole thing ah, yes. actually got to be a real chore. The Spectre. The Spectre? Sure you meant Sector. Yes. The Sector the Manhunters wiped out was Space Sector 666. <laughs> <laughs> You'd live in Sector 666. Let's be honest, you should expect trouble. Yes. It was also <laughs> the home sector of Atrocitus. Atrocitus is very, very missed about that for the rest Atrocitus. of this storyline, isn't Indeed. he? Indeed. He holds a bit of a grudge, does Atrocitus. Women Who and holds gays. a grudge like that? Women and gays. Women and gays, bro. So which is Atrocitus? Ooh, I wouldn't like to hazard a guess. Mm. Uh, William Hand had quite a creepy life. Quite a creepy life. Being a necrophiliac from a young age. Oh. He's pretty much Red Dead Redemption Seth. He's grosser than bodies. Seth. <laughs> he shoots himself. Yeah, what a divot. Hand lost his hand in Rebirth Issue 1. Alright, so you could have been my footnote. Because he goes to steal Hal Jordan's power ring, which Oliver Queen's keeping. Right. But Hal Spectre shows up, he's like, no, I will take your hand. <laughs> right. The Atrocitus attack, as we mentioned, was in Secret Origin. Yes, and he was abducted by the German gremlins in Lantern <laughs> 5. <laughs> German gremlins, I just love Space that. Space German gremlins. <laughs> Space German Gremlins at his hand. That's the cover of... That's the headline on a Sun newspaper on a slow news day, isn't yeah. it? German Space Gremlins ate my hand. <laughs> oh, God. 
All the deaths that it talks about on the two pages, we did warn you. Yes. Ah. Uh, ah, uh, Tula. Aqua Girl was killed in Crisis on Infinite Earth. Whereabouts? Because I'm currently rereading Crisis and I'm just up to the issue with the Flash dies. She doesn't. Um, Mera and someone else shows up. It's like we couldn't save her girl. No. Oh, so you don't actually see her die. No. Right. I think I, I'm not sure. Al Pratt, the Atom. Was he the Atom? Yes. Al Pratt. Yes. I thought Ray Palmer was the Atom after Al Pratt. Because oh, okay. Al Pratt died. No, his death was changed in Zero Hour to be murdered by Extant. Okay. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I don't know what it was beforehand, but oh, he right. changed his death zero in Zero Hour. hour yes. right, okay. Sue Dibney died in Identity Crisis. Yes, she did. Killed by Jean Loring. Yeah. Oh, I've actually read that. Ronnie Raymond, Firestorm, was also killed in Identity Crisis. Pudus. Digger Harkness, Captain Boomerang, was killed in Identity Crisis. Is he the Australian? He was in the Suicide Squad. Yes. Right, I liked her. Ted Cord, Blue Beetle, was shot by Maxwell Lord in Countdown to Infinite Crisis, who was then killed by Wonder Woman. Maxwell Lord, you mean? Ted Cord was pretty dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dead person. Mm. Uh, yeah, Wonder Woman snapped his neck. Yes. Which was a bit brutal for Wonder Woman. Yeah, it was. Can't imagine Linda Carter snapping somebody's neck. No, I can't remember why it happened, because... It happens, have to read that it, it happens in between Countdown and before Infinite Crisis. Yeah. Um, Ryan Kendall, Black Condor. He, he was black, by the way. Thank you. Was, <laughs> was, he, was, he, was he a black dude? Yeah. So, of course, he has the black in his name. Yeah. Like Black Tornado. Black Tornado. Not Black Tornado. Black was it Lightning. Black Lightning? That yeah. was it in... Civil War. Black Panther. And Black Panther. Well, Black Panther, you don't know that he's black because he, he was a full face mask. Yeah. So he could just be like, there is a Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it's not like he's called White Superman, is it? That's just stupid White, white Batman. Man. <laughs> um. White Man. <laughs> oh, don't. Do not. Don't. Don't even go there. You know some white supremacist movement would adopt that and make him the superhero. They have, Keep going. They have uh, brightest day posters in the hangout. Oh. <laughs> white power. Ryan Kendall, Black Condor, was killed by Sinestro in Infinite Crisis 1. D. Tyler, Phantom Lady, was also killed in Infinite Crisis 1 by Deathstroke. Um, As same was Roy with Lincoln. Roy Lincoln, the human the bomb. The human bomb. This is a human bomb, the guy who just blew up. Uh, what happens to himself then? I don't know, but <laughs> I that's a brilliant, brilliant thing to be able to do. Was Bizarro he killed him. Yes, killed by Bizarro. Bizarro doesn't kill anybody. Bizarro doesn't know what day of the week it is. Have you read that issue? Probably not. Hey, exactly. Um, Roger Hayden, Psycho Pirate, was killed by Black Adam. Black Adam question. looks like The Rock. I think he'd make a brilliant Black Adam. What's his real name? Dwayne. Dwayne Johnson. Thank you very much. He'd make a brilliant Black Adam. Okay. In any Superman film. Carry on. Vic Sage, the question, died of cancer in 52. Oh, that's actually quite sad. All these brutal deaths and there's a guy who died of cancer. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Ralph Dibner, Elongated Man, was... I kind of got this wrong, I think, but because um, I haven't read 52 in every other DC comic in the universe. But apparently he was killed in 52 whilst trying to cast a spell to revive... His missus. Yes, but was then... Uh, died, but was then reunited with her after death. Aren't there now ghost detectives? Yes, they are. Excellent! Gene Loring was last seen in Countdown to Mystery 4, falling into the ocean near Themyscira, with a shark approaching her. 
It was it was never confirmed that she did die until this issue of Green Lantern. Um, Arthur Light, Doctor Light, was killed by the Spectre in Final Crisis Revelations One. You know, it's really quite cool how he died. How? The uh, well, the Spectre like took punishment on people by turning them into objects. Yeah. He then turns Doctor Light uh, after finding him in a middle of a mock superhero rape orgy. <laughs> I'm sorry, repeat that. A, the Spectre found Dr. Light. In the middle of a mock superhero rape orgy with people dressed as members. <laughs> of the Teen <laughs> Titans? Yeah. He was in the middle of a... Let me make sure that these words are occurring in the proper <laughs> order. Dr. Light was in the middle of a mock superhero rape orgy. With people dressed as members of the Teen Titans. Yeah. Do you not see how many kinds of wrong that is? Yeah. Not only that there's a mock superhero <laughs> rape orgy going on, but he's got them dressed as the bloody Teen Titans. Yeah. He's got Robin with a strap on and Kid Flash living up to his name. That's just... Did that happen in an issue? Yeah. <laughs> Who wrote that tripe? Um, I'm not sure. I think Andy Diggle, I think. I hope you're making this up. I'm not. You can check if you want. I don't want to. <laughs> uh, apparently, he finds him here and turns <laughs> him sick. into a candle, a lit candle, where he then burns out. Better to burn out than to melts. fade away. Yeah, he melts. Uh, John Johns, the Martian Manhunter, was killed by Libra in Final Crisis 1. Ooh, we like John Johns. Yes. Boston Brand, Dead Man, was killed by a man named Hook during a circus show. Many years ago. Yes, that was Dead Man's been around origin. since the 70s? Early 70s? Late yeah. 60s? Possibly? Neil Adams. Yes, he was Neil Adams' character, yeah. Yes. Um, Tara Markov. Oh, I know this one. There's Tara. Go on then. Tara Markov was working for Deathstroke yes. and infiltrated the Teen Titans as a member of that group before betraying them, almost killing them all. That's back in the new Teen Titans, back in about 1984, that. 84, 85. Mm -hmm. I used to love the new Teen Titans. Did you? Yeah, it was the only DC book I read regularly, apart from Batman. Brilliant. Great book, that. Uh, she died in the destruction of a hive base after going mad and being attacked by the Teen Titans. Oh, she was already mad. Yeah. Um, Wesley Dodds, the Sandman. Not the Neil Gaiman Sandman. No. Committed suicide in Zero Hour rather than let Mordru take the location of Dr. Fate from his mind. Could he not just make himself forget stuff? Like, <laughs> could he not just get the jailer to mind wipe him? No, because he was already being interrogated by him. Because is there not a superhero that can freeze time? And then he goes and says, JLA, mind wipe me! And then he doesn't kill himself. Okay, yeah. I just shout out, Superman, get the flash from me for a sec. <laughs> I'm not a religious man, but Superman, if you're up there. <laughs> yeah. I saw that on a bumper sticker the other way there. It was just Simpsons gag. Yeah, it was on a bumper sticker uh, as well. Okay. Um, Jenny Lynn Hayden, or Jade, died trying to stop Alexander Luthor Jr. turn the universe into a multiverse in the Ram Thanagar War. Okay. Yes, and I'm also a bit confused by this one. Arthur Curry, Aquaman... <laughs> Um, was murdered during the one year later tie-in. See, I didn't know Aquaman was dead. Where he became a mutant. And I, just, was, I was quite confused that Aquaman was dead. He became a mutant and then died and yes. stuff, yes. 
Jonathan Kent, in modern continuity, yeah. died of a heart attack after Brainiac attacked Superman on the firm of Smallville during the Brainiac story arc. Yeah, he did. What a pointless death. Yes. Bruce Wayne, Batman, was seemingly killed by Darkseid in Final Crisis 6, but was actually sent back in time. Mm. Clark Kent, Superman, was... Now, these are all the people who have been... Dead and resurrected. Yes. Uh, Clark Kent, Superman, was killed by Doomsday. But resurrected. Yes. Uh, oh, continuity's changed now. It was Kryptonian technology. That's see, see, that that's what I don't understand about DC continuity at the moment, right? Yes. The death of Superman still happened. Yes. Because they're constantly referring to it. Yes. But the Supergirl Matrix yes. now no longer ever existed. No. So that death of Superman story that we read and DC continue to make money off happened, by releasing... Happened differently. Must have done. It had to have done. Yeah. Because the Matrix Supergirl plays an important part in that story. Not least, she's the reason that they find Clark Kent alive at the end of it. Yeah. She pretends to be Clark Kent while Superman finds him and rescues him. Mm-hmm. So suddenly that Doomsday storyline makes no sense in modern DC continuity. This is what I hated about DC's continuity recently. They're like, well, that bit happened, but that bit didn't. And that bit happened, and that bit didn't. And shut. Sh- Pick a side. It makes more sense than having none of it happened. No, I can live with none of it happened. Not because like then you've got a blank slate. Then. Not like Spider-Man, none of it happened. Well, that I don't like that either. No. That the only difference is they didn't get married. But we've said that before in our Spider-Man show. Go back and listen to it because it was brilliant. But if you just don't get married, your entire life from that point would be completely different. Yeah. Not just that one event changed. But it's, it's the same with us. It's, yeah. it's silly. Um, Oliver Queen, Green Arrow, was killed in an aeroplane I read in this but I also read elsewhere that it was trying to stop a bomb that would blow up Metropolis well how long has Oliver Queen been dead? Um, before Rebirth was Green Arrow dead and brought back before yes Green Arrow was brought back by Kevin Smith yeah wasn't he? in the Quiver because in, yeah in the Quiver story because he talks with the Spectre who at that point is Hal Jordan yeah hmm. Uh, Kilowog was killed by Hal Jordan as Parallax. Ooh, like Kilowog. Um, Hal Jordan died reigniting the sun. Connor Kent, Superboy, was killed by Superboy Prime in Infinite Crisis. Bart Allen, Impulse, was killed after the rogues drained his power. And Barry Allen died saving the multiverse in Crisis on Infinite Earth. Issue 8. Yes, he actually didn't die, but became one with the speed force that he created. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the total issue death count is five. Only five? Yeah, he's Black Ann's family. Yeah. Oh, after that epicness, there's another tune.
voyage from Green Lantern 43 over to Blackest Night, so we have to close the other hardback that that we're currently looking at. Uh, And we're looking now at the Blackest Night hardcover, which has a really nice painted cover, which was also a cover inside that was just penciled. Again, the covers will be on the website for you to have a look at. The, the covers for all the hardbacks are painted. It's very nice. Have they just painted over the pencils? Yeah. Okay. Issue zero was a, a very short... Was this a free giveaway at Free Comic Book Day? I think so, yeah. Of the year. Um, it doesn't have a title in the issue, but the cover says it's called Death Becomes Us. It's by Jeff Johns and Even Reese. Uh, I was not familiar with Even Reese. I quite like Before it. this, but I actually fell in love with his art. I think he's a fantastic artist. He he's a bit Perez. He's better than Perez. No, he's not better than Perez. I think he is. The level of detail is is phenomenal, though. This is yeah. worth buying this for the art. The art alone's very good. Anyway, we're not going to make our usual so the story begins joke. It begins in darkness, and then there was light, and then there was a splash of colour, like Gokwan <laughs> just came along and said, "What we need, darlings, in my toughest challenge yet, is a splash of colour." All the colours of the spectrum. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. However, Hal Jordan has no time for such things. He is in mourning. Bruce Wayne, the Batman, has fallen. Killed at the hands of Darkseid. And if you believe Batman is going to stay dead, you don't read enough comics. At his graveside, Hal, a.k.a. the Green Lantern of Sector 2814, and Barry Allen, a.k.a. the Flash, remember the fallen comrade. Although, from the flashbacks, it looks like Bruce and Hal weren't really that close. They remember their own funerals. Remember what I said about this being comic books? Uh, Barry's was a packed house. Hal wasn't missed due to being possessed by the Parallax entity. It's a long story. After paying their respects, they leave, only for a masked figure to appear behind them. It is the Black Hand from Green Lantern 43. He digs up Batman's body whilst mouthing the oath of the Black Lanterns and pulls out Bruce Wayne's skull. All the while, a guardian named Scar, so named because he's a guardian of the galaxy with a big scar on her face, watches and smiles. The blackest night falls from the skies. The darkness grows as all light dies. We crave your hearts and your demise. By my black hand, the dead shall rise. That's quite a small one, that. Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> she might have said oh, it to you. Oh, dear me. Yes, she said it to me. It's quite, quite sad, really. I've never managed to live up to that. All I could say was it was very, very, very cold. Right, yeah. Very, very cold. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's the only <laughs> so legitimate cold. excuse that I have. What do you think of the cover of Blackest Night Zero? Um, which, according to this lovely hardback... Hardback? hardback is Green Lantern flying in front of a bunch of coloured strips, all of which representing the different coloured lanterns. I like it. It's a free comic book day cover, isn't it? It's just supposed to say, look, a Green Lantern comic. Yes. It's alright, don't suck. But, but it's a good free comic book day comic. Yes, it's, it is, actually. It's um, Cover. Cover. It's a good issue, actually. Yeah, yeah. I quite like this one at all. Would you have anything to say about it? Um... Page two, I think, is an exceptionally drawn splash page. Well, Green Lantern standing in front of Bruce's grave. It's all moody and yeah, and I love the, the but, yeah. it's all dark and moody apart from around him. Yeah, the Green Lantern, he glows green. It's very Batman apart from Green Lantern. Apart from it being green, yes, it's very good, very impressive. Um, 
page three, panel two, I thought it was quite funny with Aquaman, Aquaman just stood at the side <laughs> going, another reason I prefer being underwater, less shouting. <laughs> Master of understatement. Mm-hmm. Um, also on that panel, which Flash is that? Um, if it's Hal Jordan without grey hair, I presume that to be the Barry Allen Flash, yeah. because it looks like it's the quintessential Justice League lineup yeah. to me. So I presume that's Barry Allen. Okay. Oh, and John John still has a and round John, head. And John John still has a round head. Instead, yeah, of, a so. Instead of a pointy head. Mm. Um, on page four, panel one, I think is a great shot of the Flash. Yes. I love how throughout this entire thing the Flash is really stood still. One of the best things about the Justice League cartoon in the nineties. Do you ever yeah. watch any of them? I've watched like no. the first two, first season and a half. It's really good. But with the Flash, what they do is they don't animate him moving fast. He's just there, and then you hear, and he's gone, and then and he's back, and it's brilliant. It's just like you don't even see him move. It's fantastic, and it's just like that in this. He's never stood still, apart from when he's kneeling in front of Bruce Wayne's grave. Well, so even I, then he's not because you can yeah. see him going down. Yeah, can you? <laughs> I thought that was that was quite cool. Yeah. Um, page five, foreshadowing Batman's return with the line, Robin doesn't believe he's dead. Robin's obviously read a lot of comics, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, the marvelization of DC. I think that panel that we were just talking about on page two with the Justice League. When I was a kid, the big difference between the two was that DC heroes were all buddy-buddy and chummy-chummy and pally-pally, and Marvel characters always argued with each other. Here, you've got Bruce Wayne and Hal Jordan being separated by the Flash before they can come to blows. Now, here's my problem with that. My personal opinion is Batman would not be a member of the Justice League. No. nor would he hang around much with these other people because let's be brutally honest about this yeah. as cool as Batman is he has no superpowers No. any event or major earth catastrophe that needs saving by Superman for example yeah. Batman would be no use Oh, except for when he is a big use and ends up killing Darkseid. Well, see, but that's my problem with that. See, back to me, Batman would go, right, let them get on with it. I'm going to stop a few muggers in Gotham City. Yeah. I don't really like Batman hanging around with Superman and the Flash and Green Lantern. I don't mind him being mates with them. Yeah. I don't mind him swapping notes with them. But to me, Batman wouldn't hang around with those people. Well, I did like how in JLA he just sat there at a computer and goes, eh, here's what you need to know on this guy, here's what you need to know on him, that's yeah. how you take him down. Well, I see a lot, what a lot of writers do, and the Justice League cartoon is yeah. guilty of this as well, is that they overcompensate and they make Batman the coolest guy in the world. Yeah. by having him be prepared for everything and that could ever possibly everything. happen. Yeah. yeah, and he knows everything. And it's just like, Batman would just go, right, you go and fight Darkseid fist to fist, I'm just going to bugger off, have a coffee, <laughs> catch you later, okay? You can fill me in. I've not been getting much sleep because of the whole no, Batman because of the whole thing. Batman thing, I'll go and have a nap. Because let's face it, if you can't stop this world invasion Superman, I've not really got much of a chance, have I? That's why everyone thinks he's dead. Yeah. He's secretly in bed. <laughs> secretly having a nap. Um, there's a shed load of setup in the dialogue in this for the habit that comic book characters have of dying and being resurrected that actually plays beautifully into this story as it goes along. Fair play to John's here. He sets everything up, not just from this Blackest Night story, but from issues going way back really, really well. 
Um, he can't have planned it all. For instance, I don't know how old Jeff Johns is, but he can't have been working in comics in 1985 when The Flash died. No. Hasn't The Flash been dead now longer than he was alive in terms of comic book publishing? Was it? Yeah, I'm sure he has. I'm sure I've, I've sat and looked at that. Um, okay. But it, it does work brilliantly. It really does fit into his story quite well. Um, it's As you say, it's a good free comic book day issue in that it's important for once instead of just being a throwaway free comic book thing. The dialogue between Green Lantern and Batman on page 10, panel 1 and 2 is fantastic. Were the talking to each other about all the things they've lost. Uh, do you want to be Green Lantern and I'll be Batman or do you want to be Batman and I'll be Green Lantern? Batman always hurts my throat. I'll be Green Lantern. Okay. You saw them die in front of you. Yes. I didn't know. When I was a kid... You watched a plane crash take your father's life. It's no wonder we're both screwed up. Speak for yourself. That's just comedy gold. Maybe not the way we do it. No. But when I was reading it, it made me laugh out loud. Um, lots. It makes you lol. It, it made me lol. Many lols. Ruffle lol. Ruffle lol. Christ. Uh, it's a good setup issue. There's lots of foreshadowing and portents. Nice character base beginning to what is an epic space adventure that will span galaxies. Without reading GL43, we don't actually know who William Hand is. But, as, a, as we said, a free comic book issue, it stands up really well on its own. It was very impressive. Uh, okay, yes, um, it's that part of the show where we plug somebody else's podcast. What do you want? You're getting this for free. All this free entertainment and you're moaning about a single advert. I think that's shocking. We don't get paid a penny for this, do we? No. So you listen to our trailers. And if you pay us a penny, we'd not put any more trailers in. <laughs> if you pay us a million pounds, we won't put any more trailers in. This is for an excellent podcast called From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast, where they cover the adventures of Superman from Man of Steel. Oh, just let them explain it to you. Hey, everyone. My name is Michael Bailey. And I am Jeffrey Taylor. And we host a podcast called From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast. Presented by the Superman homepage. On the show... Wait, wait, wait. What? This just isn't working out for me. It's not bombastic enough. We need something epic. Like what? Welcome to From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast, presented by the Superman homepage. I am Jeffrey Taylor. And I am Michael Bailey. From Crisis to Crisis chronicles the adventures of Superman wait, wait, from... Wait, 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 wait. I'm just not feeling this. I'm just wondering how there's a needle-scratching sound when all of this is clearly digital. Look, all we need to say is that this is the, a trailer for a show called From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast presented by the home, Superman homepage. My name is Michael Bailey. I am Jeffrey Taylor. And every week we give in-depth synopsis and reviews for just about every Superman book published between Man of Steel number one in 1986 and Adventures of Superman number 649 in 2006. We also talk about the related Superman media, what was happening in the rest of the world, and when these comics were published and what else was going on in the DC Universe. The show drops every 
Thursday at Chef the Superman homepage, which is located at www.supermanhomepage.com. From Crisis to Crisis is also a proud member of the Superman Podcast Network, located at www.supermanpodcastnetwork.com. So join Jeffrey and I each week as we explore Superman during the post-crisis era, which includes Exile, Panic in the Sky, Doomsday, The Marriage, and Beyond. And write into the show at FromCrisisToCrisis at gmail.com and hear it read on the air, eventually, because we get behind on that sort of thing. Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Side effects from From Crisis to Crisis include loss of money from buying back issues, a desire to read 20-year-old comic books, nausea, drowsiness, pizza, blurred vision, upset stomach, a desire to kick puppies and kittens, and backache from lifting boxes of Superman comics. If the excitement of From Crisis to Crisis lasts more than four hours, seek immediate medical attention. And we're back. Did you enjoy that trailer, Michael? It's a bit long. Mm. It's good, though. Yes. I like it. Yes. Yes. You haven't heard it yet, have you? No. <laughs> oh, don't pay no attention to the man behind the counter. continuity list that you drew for me which that means it's me doesn't it yeah doing blackest night uh, the cover black rings fly out of a skull's mouth well, you will get bored of this skull motif yeah as the series goes on what um, else are you going to do for dead people well there is that it's alright I suppose if you're a ghoul um, there is no title other than blackest night William Hand is in Gotham City, Space Sector 2814. He cradles the skull of the recently deceased Bruce Wayne. The dead will rise, he says, as he licks the skull. <laughs> it doesn't strike me as terribly hygienic. Does he lick that head? Oh, <laughs> stop it! In Space Sector 666, the Black Lantern looms ominously. Let's be honest, if you were going to loom ominously anywhere, it would be in Space Sector 666, wouldn't it? Yeah. To be honest with you. Uh, It explodes, sending black rings flying out into space. Lots of bad nastiness happens in Sector 666. The manhunters wipe out a race. The manhunters wipe out a complete race, yeah. Lana Lang was a manhunter. Was she? Yes, in Superman comics. Okay. It turned out that she was a manhunter. A robot manhunter. 
I think she was just being mind controlled. Been a long time since I read that story, but I remember she was a manhunter. In Coast City, Hero Day is being celebrated. The Green Lanterns do a flyby with Cowgirl to celebrate all heroes, not just the superpowered community, and also the rebuilding and repopulation of Coast City, which was destroyed in the death and life of Superman, causing Hal to go all dark and moody and then die before being brought back. Across the rest of the planet, people mourn fallen heroes. In Smallville, Superman and Mark Kent mourn Jonathan Kent. Firestorm is mourned by his successors, whilst noticing that everything is dying. Subplot alert. The Teen Titans honour fallen comrades, etc, etc, etc. Even Atlanteans mourn the fallen Aquaman. However, at Bruce Wayne's grave, Alfred Pennyworth, Batman's aide-de-camp, sees that the grave has been desecrated. After the ceremonies, Green Lantern meets up with the Flash, who asks to be brought up to speed, uh, who has fallen... Uh, with who has fallen since he too died and was resurrected. He's shocked by the number of deaths, but not as shocked by the number of people who keep dying and being brought back to life. Meanwhile, Hartman ignores a call from the Atom, who's still recovering from his ex-girlfriend's death, and the consequences of her actions. She killed elongated man's missus. Alfred calls the Justice League satellite and lets Green Lantern and Flash know what's happened to Bruce's body. Why he doesn't just call Clark Kent, the most logical choice after Dick Grayson, isn't revealed. And in Space Sector Zero, the home of the Guardians of the Universe, it is revealed that the War of Light has begun. They decide to recall all Green Lanterns, but Scar attacks a fellow Guardian, ripping out his throat <laughs> and tearing out his heart. DC Comics, not just for kids. In fact, not for kids at all, to be brutally honest. Without Guardians, the Black Lantern Rings choose their hosts. When attached to a dead body, the rings resurrect the cadavers with all their powers and memories, but with no mercy. Various dead heroes and villains pop up. The Martian Manhunter before the Flash and GL, and Ralph and Sue Dibney, elongated man and his wife, before Hawkman and Hawkgirl. As an aside, you would so go out with somebody called Elongated Man if you were a woman, wouldn't you? After a battle, Elongated Man skewers Hawkgirl, not in a good way, rips out Hawkman's heart. There's lots of heart rippage in this one. Black rings appear on their fingers and the corpses rise. I suppose they need the hearts to get the power battery to... No, we're not saying that. We're not saying that yet, no. Um, I'll say that again for the hard of hearing. Black Hand licks Batman's skull. He licks it. Oh, that's just 70 kinds With of... With his tongue. Gross, yes. Your opinions on this lovely issue, young Michael? Um, page four and five is a really good double spread. Yes. Even if it is sometimes awkward to read it. Yeah, you have to turn it on your side to read it, don't you? Because it's spread from top to bottom instead of left to right. Um, They do that a lot in this, and it is a really good technique. It's a different technique for widescreen shooting in comics. The problem, like you say, is because of the binding of a graphic novel versus a regular comic, you can't actually see in the side of it, so it just looks like Kyle Rayner disappears. Half of his body's been chopped off. Yeah. See, so, you know. And you can't really look at it properly without busting the spine of your book. On page 9, panel 2, it may just be me, but I thought that Mark Kent was written out of character a bit, though. Why? Because, like, don't slouch now, Connor. Jonathan wouldn't want that. Oh, I don't think she's being Mitchy, though. I think she's just, you know, getting over the death of her husband. We're desperately trying to shoe on movie continuity into it. Mm. 
page 16 and 17 is also a great spread, consisting of all the heroes who died in Barry's absence. It's good that Green Lantern's just showing that as a manifestation of his ring. Yeah. I quite like that. There is also a full-colour version, I do believe. What? Um, it's not full-sized, but at the back... Oh, in the special features. In the commentary. Because comics so want to be movies now. Commentary... No, not a commentary. Yeah, it is a, com- a director's commentary. There are no directors of comics! Yes, Stupid the- people. Yes, do they mention why they didn't colour it in full um, colour? Which page in the is issue? 16 and 17. Uh, oh, it had more than 55 characters. No, it just says I have a version of this without the Green Lantern concept. Alright, oh, so it's it. just showing you what it looks like without the Green Lantern yeah. colouring effect. Alright, fair enough. Page 26, panel 1, with uh, Scar ripping out the Guardian's throat. <sighs> if anyone had been reading Green Lantern up to this point, would totally know that the Guardians really did have this coming. They, they have been incredibly douche-like yeah. throughout Sinestro Core War and onwards, so I, I wouldn't say that having your throat tore out is deserved, No, but the, the Guardians have been... What's a polite way of saying... Um, um, page 33, panel 5 was the first appearance of the Necrovision, which is really quite cool. It shows... Oh, yeah. It, well, it shows the people... Basically see in them in the, infrared. Yeah, it's yeah. the colour depending on what emotions are feeling. Oh, right, OK, fair enough. Yes. Um, also, page 33 to 39 was quite a sad moment in the DC universe. Finally bringing Hawkman and Hawkgirl together again and then killing them off. Well, isn't that the curse? That they finally declare their love for each other. And then they get killed. I think the curse Doesn't that happen to them every time and they get reborn? I think so, yeah. Something like that, anyway. Uh, Hal Jordan refers to himself and the other Green Lanterns of Sector 2814, John Stewart, Kyle Rayner and Guy Gardner, as part of the caped community, which bugs the crap out of me. The Green Lanterns don't wear capes. Except for... The one that does. Who was a cape? Apart from the original Silver Age Green Lantern. Well, he was a cape. But he's not actually part of the core, is he? No, because he's from another world. Yes, so it's, it's a shorthand comment for superheroes like the spandex crew that has no basis in the story's reality. I can't think of a single superhero that would wear spandex. Spider-Man. Spider-Man don't wear spandex. How does he wear them? Within the context of the comics, Spider-Man wears stuff that he found in his aunt's basement and he cobbled his costume together. He could be wearing wool for all we know. <laughs> He's not likely to have found worse spandex. Can you imagine Aunt May in spandex? <laughs> That's just 17 kinds of wrong. She was once young. <laughs> However, in the Spider-Man comics now, he's got all sorts of costumes. Yeah, he's got all sorts of great costumes. Uh, only a few superheroes wore capes to begin with. So, screw you, Green Lantern and your caped set. Uh, humbug. John's. Yes, him. Uh, the art is brilliant. Rice has a good grasp of the normal and the extra normal and uses it to juxtapose the coolness of the Green Lanterns against the normal backdrop of everyday life. It is. I have become a bit of an Ivan Rice booster. Yes. I think his artwork is fantastic throughout this entire thing. And what's really good about it is all eight issues are drawn by him. Indeed. So you've not got any filling out. Unlike Infinite Crisis. Unlike Infinite Crisis. Which was yeah. Phil Jimenez, but then I'd George Perez done then you couldn't tell the difference and then no you Ivan, couldn't cause then Ivan Reese stood in and it's like whoa, whoa. punch to the chin uh, there's a brief list of how many girlfriends have been killed 
they give some credence to the girlfriends in refrigerators movement. John Stewart's girlfriend is dead. Cal Rayner's girlfriend dead. Cal Rayner's other girlfriend also dead. The moral Cal of this Rainer story: don't go out with Cal Rayner. Yeah, he's oh, two different girlfriends. The first one got stuffed in the fridge. Yeah, and then women in refrigerators. The other one was Jade. You not heard of women in refrigerators? No. There's this thing on the internet about all the women that have been killed in comics, and they're always girlfriends or wives. Fair. As a rule. Guy Gardner has certainly mellowed since Justice League. Has he? When I used to read Justice League in the 80s. Watching Brave and the Bold is a complete douche. And then he's a complete like, douche in Justice League. He's actually quite likeable in this. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on there. Maybe he's had a brain transplant or something. Uh, don't get used to Superman, because he's hardly in this story. Um, this is a really depressing issue, covering who has died over the past few years, but it brings the business plan into play. Mm. To be fair, DC have taken an awful lot of flack for all the death, doom and gloom in their stories for the past few years, not least by me. Um, it's nice to see some kind of payoff and see that it is making some kind of sense. Um, in between each issue, you get the pencils for the covers, which are fantastic. Yeah. The pencils are arguably better than the actual covers. However, the one for this issue we're talking about, I'm a bit confused. Why? The pencil ones. Because. What confuses you, well, Michael? Look at that. Yes. Solid black background. Yes. Turn to the pencil one. Solid grey. There's no pencil moves or anything. Maybe you drew it on black paper with white pen. But that that's really good black detail. Mm. I don't know. Maybe they messed up in the printer. <laughs> Who can lot. say? It's all good. Yes, they can. Uh, we need another break because this is going to be a long one. So here's another that's tune. What? Lantern 44. Only the good die young. 
Um, the cover to this is the Flash and Green Lantern fighting a zombie Martian Manhunter, which is quite dynamic, actually. Yeah, it's quite good. Mm-hmm. Doug Mankey stuff. I don't like his teeth. Do you not? No. Mm. Anyway, carry on. They're not as bad as um, Thingy's teeth. Whose teeth? Gary Frank's teeth. Yeah, Gary Frank's teeth are a bit... <laughs> Keep going. Um, on the planet Mars, a black lantern ring crashes through a pyramid and onto the corpse of the Martian Manhunter. Back on Earth, Barry Allen and Hal Jordan stand over Bruce Wayne's open grave and realise his skull's missing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Did they not do DNA checks and see that it had been licked? <laughs> e. After listing everyone they know who knows Bruce was Batman, Barry finds black goo on the bones. He picks it up on the edge of his fingertips and as he does, half his face looks dead and grey. They then hear a voice in their minds calling them by their first names. As they look up, they see that it's Brad Meltzer, I mean Zombie Martian Manhunter. <laughs> when Hal tells the ring to scan it, it tells him that there are no vital signs. So he punches John, and he then turns invisible and punches Hal before strangling him. Because this is a superhero comic, he just punches him. <laughs> he hovers in mid-hook, <laughs> still holding Hal, and shoots laser eye beams at Barry. Which are cool. When did he ever have laser eye beams? He's always had laser eye beams. I got laser eyes and I know what you're thinking. John messes with the truth mind by telling Barry about leaving Iris again and Hal about Parallax. Barry uses some bricks to fly into the air and catch Hal, but on the way down they crash into a fire station. Hal uses the ring to slow the fall. Once they both get back on their feet, Hal tries to reach Salak on Oa, but realises the connections have been cut. Oa! It's what happens when you're with BT. <laughs> His internet's down. <laughs> Then John picks up the building and throws it into another. Into another what? Building. Oh, right. And he picks up the building and throws it into another. Oh, okay. Building. Two for one. Oh, no. Oh, ah. <laughs> Scar tells the imprisoned guardians that it's time for a new force to rule the universe. As father and son. Oh, sorry, wrong franchise. Across the universe, Black Rings Which is a Beatles fly... song. Oh, across the universe? Yes. Okay. Black rings fly over planets mm. on Yuzmalt, home planet of the Red Lanterns. Is that Yuzmalt or is it Smalt and the Y silent? I always thought it was Smalt. I always say Yuzmalt. Okay. The Green Lanterns recover Lyra's body on Zamoron, home of the Star Sapphires. I hope you're keeping up with this at home because there will be a quiz later. No, I can't write the questions. I'm confused myself. <laughs> The Sinestro Corps attack to get the imprisoned members back. On Earth, Hal and Barry try to get John's attention to try to reason with him. When Barry's face goes dodgy again, John shows up. Barry attacks him and tells him what they did when he was alive. But after a devastating blow, it turns out that John was actually Hal. Oh, pawned! But then, John appears behind them and throws Hal into the bat signal and Barry into the sewage. Who's thinking? On the remains of Sanctia. Sanctia? What is it? Zanshi. Zanshi. John Stewart sits and remembers when the star sapphire, Fatality, I think. Is that a name? Yes. Why would you call yourself Fatality? That's just <laughs> begging for trouble. Bounty hunter, isn't yeah, okay. Told him to forgive himself for what happened to Sanctia. As he sits, a black lantern ring smashes through an asteroid and tells the planet to live. And it does. Ooh, very good indeed. Uh, The scene at the beginning with the Green Lantern and the Flash is an expanded scene from the end of Blackest Night 1. Whilst the opening expands on events, John John's being resurrected, they were not shown in Blackest Night 1. 
from this point, the books happen pretty much simultaneously. Love that the Flash thinks the internet is too slow. <laughs> that did amuse me. Maybe you should upgrade from BT. Cries a hell of a lot. Maybe you should upgrade from BT. Why have you got a downer on BT tonight? I was going to go with Virgin, but I thought we have Virgin. We do. <laughs> and it's always nice to have a Virgin. Green Lantern has no idea what a black ring is and orders a code 1313. Then John drops a building on him. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the art in this book, as in Blackest Night. Doug Manks a fine artist. I mean, he doesn't skimp on the detail. And there's nowhere where there's no backgrounds and stuff like that. But um, I just don't dig on his style. I mean, there's a couple of bits where he reminds me of John McCrea. Yeah. But I prefer John McCrea. Lots of pieces of the story are starting to slot into place here. We see more of the other spectrum of rings and delve deeper into John Stewart's psychological problems, which will pay off later on a lot later on well yeah I found this first page storytelling to be a bit off as I didn't really know what was happening I got the general gist of it but you know why is there an Oreo though an Oreo is there because back in Justice League of America in the 80s the Martian Manhunter was a huge fan of Oreo cookies (laughs) Oreo cookies and milk he used to like Oreo cookies but still why is there an Oreo though on his grave they've left an Oreo on his grave okay I think that's quite sweet leave an Oreo Okay. These manhunters all like Oreos, Oreos. They all like to eat Oreos, Oreos. They're not the words. No. Okay. Carry on. I like how Barry describes Clark's secret identity. What does he say? He's Clark's love. Oh well, you got to give it context as oh, well. Okay. I still don't get why you don't do more to protect your identity. This new lantern, Kyle. His mess covers most of his face. He's a smart kid. Clark hides behind a pair of glasses and you're worried about me? Clark slouches, wears clothes two sizes too big and raises his voice an octave. And I'll never understand how he got Lois that way. Yeah, I think that's quite, that's quite good, that. Okay. But see, that's what's wrong with current Superman continuity, where Clark's a goof. I hate Clark Kent as goof. Yeah. Yeah, it's, ugh, it bugs me. I like George Reeves' as Clark Kent. Yeah. And Christopher Reeve in Superman 3. That's his best Clark Kent. Is it? Yes. The amount of times Hal brings up Parallax is uncanny. It's as though uh, on Jeff John's desk he's got a checklist of things he has to go <laughs> How many times list. I have to mention Parallax? Yeah. You know, when I was Parallax, do you know at one point at the Justice League not going to We know! Hey, Barry, did I tell you about when I was... Yes, you told me that you were bloody Parallax. Hey, Clark. <laughs> Heat vision. <laughs> Burn his tongue off. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, um, Diana. You shut know. up! <laughs> but you'll listen. No, I won't. He'll just run off. Sanchi was destroyed in the Cosmic Odyssey miniseries after Jon Stewart failed to stop an anti-life avatar leading to the creation of Bounty Hunter Fatality. That made no sense! Did it not? No! I love sentences that make no sense. What's an anti-life avatar? An avatar of the anti-life equation. <laughs> How stupid of me. Oh, also, God. John Johns really, really, really did not like John Stewart after that. Because John Stewart was with John Johns at the time. He's like, you failed to stop that planet from blowing up. Anyone could have done that. I hate you! Alright, we're to be sympathetic, John. But, but they're the, the cool now, they're cool. There are, right the issue death count of this is three. Only all, three? All are unseen, however. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, time for a tune, and then we'll be right back.
Blackest Night 2. The cover is a moderately good shot of Hal looking all green lantern-y and moody, surrounded by corpses of Aquaman, Martian Manhunter and Superman. It's a good drawing for this kind of stand-around type cover. It does the job. Um, it's also the cover of the hardback, but as we've mentioned, it's been painted over for the cover of the hardback. Um, which and is looks quite nice. A lot darker. The pencils for this cover are on the other side um, and are brilliant. Yes. I would so have that original piece of art if I had like thousands of dollars. I spur. have found a website of someone selling Ivory Reese artwork. And that's not one of them, presumably. I do think that is the one. Oh, right. <clears throat> the story The Atom continues to phone Carter Hall, aka Hawkman, as he doesn't know he's been skishkabobbed. Surprisingly, Carter picks the phone up. Death is no longer the obstacle it once was. <laughs> the Atom beams himself through the phone lines straight into a trap. It's a trap! In Gotham City, Commissioner James Gordon and his daughter Barbara are shine the bat signal into the dark night. Green Lantern does his David Bowie impression and falls right into it. He tells Gordon to build a JLA and ask to borrow his car. So this is happening simultaneously with the last issue of Green Lantern then, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Because if you haven't read Green Lantern, you've got to be... What? Yes, you're going to be, what the hell's going on here? At the gravesite of Aquaman, his widow Myrrha and Garth, Aqualad, are quite gobsmacked to see Aquaman up and about and ripping out hearts. <laughs> what is it about black lanterns and hearts? Are they have a collection? Actually. Oh, yeah, so they are. Foreshadowing. Boston Brand, who is dead man, and is in fact dead is just as surprised as Mira and Garth when his own body bursts forth from the grave numerous others pop up all over the globe but Mira has had enough and attacks because it wouldn't be a superhero comic if somebody just didn't punch somebody unless it's written by Bendis Aquaman lashes back and kills Garth <gasps> Mira flees Black Hand, meanwhile, is still hanging around in graveyards and inhabits the Phantom Stranger with a black ring. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear me. Flash and Green Lantern outsmart the dead Martian Manhunter and Flash asks if he's gotten any answer from... Oh, yet. Unfortunately, John is smarter than that and resurrects again, coming at them with backup. Dead versions of Firestorm, Hawkman, Elongated Man and Hawkgirl. And how do you kill what is already dead? You shine a white lantern. No, no, no. No, we don't know that yet. You buffoon. You stick a white lantern with a sun don't shine. What did you think of issue three? Was that issue three? Uh, or was that issue two? I'm getting confused already. That was, that was issue two. Issue two. Yes. Um, page four, Palamon comes straight from the last issue of Green Lantern. So if you hadn't read that last Green Lantern, then you may be thinking, what the hell? Where did he come from? Yeah, well, so far, they're doing a pretty good job of if you're only reading Blackest Night, you could at this point still follow it. That will change as the story proceeds. But you kind of read it, and it's like, okay, you don't get Green Lantern at all, you? Yeah, so loads of stuff happens, and then Martian Manhunter pops down. We don't see how John did it. And the next thing, he gets thrown into a bat signal. Yeah. You can't trash the bat signal! Just did, which I do like the rest of the season the season the series it's all smashed up yeah okay um dead man his adventure continues into the Batman times I didn't feel the need to read that Don Hall does not return from the dead because he's finally at peace with himself who's Don Hall Dove oh as in Hawk and yes right yes Cause wasn't he monarch in Armageddon 2001 
which was published in 1991, just to be even more confusing. No, because they changed the ending at the last minute. I've not ruined it for you. Again, 2001's alright, but it's not great. Carry on. I do like the appearance uh, of Zatanna here. Mm, the appearance of Zatanna? Mm, mm. You like Zatanna? Because mm, she wears fishnets? Mm, mm, mm. That's really not the only reason. That's <laughs> not the only reason you like... Have you watched the episodes of Smallville with Zatanna in? No, I've not. I think you should. You'd probably like them. She's actually very well cast. Oh, okay. So the actress called Sarinda Shaw, I think. And she's actually quite well cast as Zatanna. Okay. Seems a shame that Smallville gets the casting so perfectly right and everything else so goddamn wrong. Mm. But anyway... The spectre is turned into a black lantern because apparently Black Hand decides that he must be out of the way before the universe can be at peace. Fair enough. Yes. And I don't even remember Pariah dying, having just read Christ's on Infinite Earths. Well, Pariah was a girl? Oh no, Harbinger was a girl. Harbinger was a Pariah's a bloke. Yes. yes. With the big girly eyes, he yes. cries a lot. Yeah, and whines. God, he whines he a lot. Does. Link. Oh, how oh, the world oh, oh, I must watch everybody die again. He's like a bad Shakespearean actor, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently he died during the Villains United miniseries. Now, I'm alright with that, but um, having a main character in a story die in the little miniseries like that is quite annoying. Especially since, like, oh, big character in that story. Oh, and he's dead. When did that happen? Yeah. It happened in a miniseries that you never read. <laughs> um, the pencil reproduction of the cover sure are pretty. Boston Brand, a.k.a. Dead Man, curling up in the fetal position and wishing the dead would stay dead is one of the most effective panels in the entire eight issues. Because you can just imagine that he's rocking from side <laughs> to side, though, going, Dad, stay dead! Stay dead! And he's driving him insane! On that page? Yes. Oh, he... What, does he... Does he rip through himself yes. or through his grave? Yes, he rips through himself and his grave. Oh, right. That's Boston Brand. It's body. Dead man. So there's two separate entities now. Yes, dead man is wandering around in this limbo state who is Boston Brand, but now Boston Brand has been resurrected from the dead as a Black Lantern. Right, okay. So it's doubly worse for him. Yeah. So that's why that was really good. Because I've not read a lot of Dead Man. At oh. Bix, or Thought Bubble, I forget which one, mm. they had for 40 quid, they had the complete Neil Adams Dead Man, and I seriously considered buying it. Because it was a nice big handsome hardback, but I didn't bother. Uh, Aquaman, despite being dead, can still control the animals of the sea, albeit dead ones, and has dead sharks attack. I did like that. That was pretty cool. I like that as well. It's a bit gross, but it's cool. You There's an excellent. The water. <laughs> shark goes in the water. Farewell and adieu <laughs> to fair Spanish ladies. Uh, there's an excellent two-page spread of the Phantom Stranger. Uh, it's really good, but reveals the limitations of the hardback format. It looks gorgeous, but the gutter lines of the book mean you can't see all the art without prizing the spine. Now, in this case, you're only missing Phantom Stranger's area. Male Area. So, you know, I don't really feel the need yeah, to look at I that in any great depth. That interpretation, though, it looks like his skin's been peeled Yeah, it's like his skin's been peeled off and you can just see his muscle. Yeah, it's, it is. The art. I can't say enough good things about the art. I will slag off the marketing of this at some point. But, no, the artwork's fantastic. It really is. Um, anything else to say about that one? No, it's It's really good. I do love the reference to Flash Fact. Yeah. I do love that they save the day through science. Yeah. Because that reminds me of the old Spider-Man comics. Um, what's really impressive, it actually seems to be real science. 
not made up comic book science, which uh, I was also quite impressed with. For science, to quote, they might be giants. Lantern 45, Love Hurts. It certainly does. Is Sinestro fighting some star sapphires. Show me the cover! Thank you very much. It's him fighting Carol Ferris on the power battery on Xamarin. It's a bit pink. It is. So there's a pink lantern and a yellow lantern fighting. How gay is that? (laughs) (laughs) Handbags of dawn! Handbags of dawn, Sinestro! Your yellow costume clashes with my pink power battery! I will get my Siwawa on you! (laughs) (laughs) On Xamarin, home of the Star Sapphires, the Sinestro Corps fight to regain the members who have been converted into Star Sapphires. Fair enough. Sinestro When you get converted into a Star Sapphire, do your boobs get bigger? Even if you're a dude. (laughs) Even if you're a dude. Do they have dude Star Sapphires? Exactly. Do they? So there's like dudes in the Sinestro Corps and robots in the Sinestro Corps being converted into Star Sapphires. Oh, yeah, okay. Do they I, just, like... I just noticed that the art differed. Mainly Star Sapphire's boobs yeah. became much bigger. Do, do the dudes get a sex change or do they just grow No, maybe boobs? they just get bigger in other areas. Mm. Huge man boobs. <laughs> moobs. <laughs> Huge moobs. Huge moobs. <laughs> Sinestro arrives and tells Carol that because of the ties to Hal, if she doesn't stand in Sinestro's way, then he won't harm her. But she strikes him anyway. Because it's a superhero comic! <laughs> On Yzmalt. Smalt. Smalt. Home of the Red Lanterns. Smalt a team of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, do you want me to read that bit while you recover? Yeah, I'm cool. On Smalt. Home of the Red Lanterns, a team of Green Lanterns fight to regain Lyra's corpse. But when a swarm of black rings fly down, they raise all the dead people and the Green Lanterns, including Lyra. Back in Xamaron, Sinestro tries to stop Carol by telling her that Hal Jordan will never love her. No! 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 And when he says that love is a lie, she contains him in a stud sapphire sapphire thing. Oh, is that his official <laughs> name? I will contain you in my star sapphire sapphire thing. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, and shows him his past love, Arin Sir. Oh. Abin Sir's sister. Mm-hmm. 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 
You can carry on, I could underscore that. As enraged, he escapes and strikes down Carol. You strike me down. When Sinestro gains an upper hand against Carol, a group of Black Lanterns, led by Amonsur, Abinsur's son, show up. On Okara, <laughs> home of Agent Orange, <laughs> Larflees celebrates his dead Orange Lanterns fight over the Blue Lanterns on their planet for the Blue Ring, until the Black Rings revive the dead bodies of his Orange Lanterns. I'm just thoroughly confused now. Laughly celebrates as his dead orange lanterns fight the blue lanterns on their planet for the blue ring until the black rings revive the dead bodies of the orange lanterns. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. okay let me the orange lanterns yes. are dead. Yes. But Laughly's makes them his Except lanterns. Laughly's. So they're all off on the blue ring planet fighting yes. for the blue ring. Yes. But then all the black rings turn the Agent, the orange, the lanterns, orange lanterns, because into black they're lanterns. already dead. Yes, see, it makes some kind of sense at the time. The black lanterns keep referring back to the original Crisis on Infinite Earths yeah. tagline: "Worlds will live, worlds will die, and the DC universe will never be the same again." But corrupting it with "Worlds have died, worlds will rise," which I thought was quite clever, because yeah. thematically. This has nothing to do with Crisis, but every major DC crossover since 1985 owes something to Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. Let's be honest. John Stewart finds the Black Rings planet, which is pretty cool. The scope of the story, fur player, once again, hats off if I wore one, is just fantastic. The issue plays at what's happening with the Star Sapphires and Sinestro, introduces the Red Lanterns, gives us more character-based drama than what is in the Blackest Night series on its own. It even gives Sinestro a love interest and therefore a personal stake in what's about to happen. Unfortunately, it also introduces La Fleas. Um, just showing my finger on the pulse of what everybody loves. Everybody loves La Fleas. Do they? Which sounds like a sitcom. Um, I think he's... Duh. Yes, he just I. Irritates I me. Do not like him. Oh, he's. Duh. I do not at all. He's no. crap. Oh, no, don't, 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 don't be upset. You like him, don't you? I don't mind him. He's a. <laughs> anyway, I, my favourite Saint Mocker. She's the per- the Indigo girl, isn't she? Oh, indigo girls. The, the blue dude. The blue dude. Yeah. is Saint Mocker. So who's the Indigo? Indigo one. Indigo one. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> oh God. Yes. Okay. What do you think? Um, page one, panel three, the now dead pariah shows upon Sanctuary's rising, uh, which is the opposite of when he lived and showed up at Dead Planets. Okay. He died. Right. Um, I do like Doug Mank's art. You like it more than I do. I do. But I do think it's sometimes a bit dodgy when he draws Atrocitus, Atrocitus. Yeah. Atrocitus. Atrocitus. I think. And I think his boobs are a bit off with it. <laughs> I think Star Sapphire's boobed. I mean, it's a good job she's fighting in space where there's no gravity. Because if she was in a planet with gravity, she wouldn't be able to stand up. Certainly have a sore back by the end of it. You think she's at competition? Speaking of boobs, what's this Starfire in this? What? Starfire shows up at some point, don't she? Um, I'm sure she does. When the Teen Titans show up. Why would they? Oh, right, yeah. Um... Sinestro mentions Mongol taking over the Sinestro Corps, something that has been hinted at since Sinestro's imprisonment after the Sinestro Corps war. So did that never actually happen? What? Mongol taking over the Sinestro Corps. Yes, it did. It happens in this, doesn't it? But we never see it. Oh, right. He tries to take over the Sinestro Corps in this, and Sinestro pawns him. Pawns his ass. Yeah. 
page 17, panel 1, the dead lanterns are all former yellow lanterns. All former Sinestro cores. Yes. Right. Mm. Enjoy this musical interlude. Two finger paint is not a sin. I put my middle finger in your monthly blood is what I went out in your house. Now let me spin. Pipe on the power street from a month. Say your Lord look, got a John for shot. They spit your head and spit the blanket. She's two feet and I'm the patient. doesn't it? Yeah. With corpses. So... And lick skulls. The, the smell of the cadaver probably doesn't bother William Hand much. The two new kids who control the Firestorm entity are bickering, which is why you shouldn't work with your significant other. No. Is my humble opinion. When a cell phone rings, it's the emergency signal from the Justice League. Meanwhile, in Gotham City, the Flash and Green Lantern, the Hal Jordan version, fight with the Black Hand gang. Flash tries to rip the ring off dead Firestorm, but quickly realises that it's grown roots into their very bodies. Mm. Scratch one way of bringing them down. The Atom shows up, looking a little worse for work, and tells Green Lantern that the rings are nothing like the Green Lantern core rings. At the JLA satellite, Firestorm looks around for who sent the emergency signal. They see the JL's TV sets playing news from all over the world, depicting battles with the Black Lanterns before they all go on the fritz. 
Mera attacks Firestone, but quickly realises the error of her ways and informs the duo that the Black Lanterns are like sharks. Splash in the water, i.e. panic, and they'll consume you. Green Lantern and Flash take off to regroup, but dead elongated man snatches the atom for Green Lantern's shoulder. He starts to go all molar ram on his chest when a funky looking purple girl with groovy tattoos and not much hair and even less clothing swoops in and kicks some ass. Other pink dudes follow, and to the surprise of Green Lantern, Flash and Atom, she severs the Black Lantern's connection to their rings. Major plot point cometh. They beam up to the Justice League satellite where Mera tells Flash that Garth, aka Aqualad, is dead. The purple chick informs our heroes that her name is Indigo One, and she spends two pages expositing about the beginnings of the universe, blah, white light corrupted by black, blah, and the other colours, red lanterns equal rage, orange equals avarice, yellow equals terror, green equals funky, blue equals faith, and violet equals love, blah. When does it equal funky? She maintains, I think it's funky. She maintains that indigo equals compassion. No more blah, blah, blah. She finally tells them something useful, that green lantern rings, together with any other colour, can conquer a black lantern ring, whilst our heroes start a plan of attack. Upon being told that ex-girlfriend Carol Ferris is a star sapphire with huge boobs, and on a planet called Zamoran, Hal thinks with his penis and wants to head there. Flash convinces him that that may not be the best move, and perhaps trying to save Earth where the Black Lanterns are invading would be better than, you know, heading straight off after your ex-girlfriend just because she's now got huge boobs. Five pages of introspection is obviously too much for today's attention-challenged audiences, and so to stave off the boredom, the Black Lantern attack again. Indigo One obviously has no stomach for another fight. She grabs a hold of Green Lantern and beams him the hell away. Dead Firestorm attacks New Firestorm and separates them. He takes the dude into him, which is the (laughs) gayest thing I've ever written, and of course kills his girlfriend! Oh, uh, girlfriends in refrigerators. It's getting a bit stale by now, dead girlfriends, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the Black Lantern rings fly around and land in the Justice League mortuary, and all the dead foes walk the earth once more. Including the fiddler. <laughs> Including the fiddler. And, well, they walk the Justice League satellite anyway. Maybe not the earth. What do you have to say? Um, page 8 shows glimpses from the main series and certain ties in. Although my favourite one is the Unknown Soldier saying he has a name. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah. The Unknown Soldier didn't get a Black as Night tie-in, did he not? I, I, I'm not sure. Oh, right, okay. I'm not, I don't think he did. Hmm. Um, page 16 and 17, I think, look spectacular. And the speech bubbles are well laid out so that the... It's it's another double page spread, isn't it? So All the different bits. Yeah, it is, it is very well done. It's exposition overload. Indeed. But it's well laid out, the speech bubbles, mm. as um, the bubbles describing the court is on the image of that court. Yeah. So the red and it orange. Is. And it is. It's very well done. There's the problem with something like this. You do get to issue three and four of something like this, and you do have to have exposition overload yeah. to explain stuff to the audience. It's the same in films. And the best ones, the Terminator, where they, they basically explain everything while they're being chased, yeah. which is a good way to do it. Uh, page 22, panel 3. The fiddler's name is incorrectly spelled Isaac Bown instead of you know, Brown. Is it? And yes, there is a villain called the Fiddler. <laughs> fiddler. He, he plays the violin, I think. He right, he's not the kitty fiddler then. <laughs> that would just be wrong. <laughs> and is it really wrong that the kitty fiddler fights the Flash? <laughs> 
close to Batman and Robin Farnsworth is answering. <laughs> oh dear me. Uh, I love sure Ivan Rice's depiction of the Flash's powers by having about three of him in every panel yeah. to just show he's moving really, really quick. Um, it is mighty cool. When the atom shrinks, how come his body weight changes? I don't know. I'm sure somebody has explained that somewhere. Yeah. But say you're what weight you are, eight stone or whatever you are. If yeah. you shrink, you will still be eight stone. Yeah. You'll just be very small. Yes. So I still wouldn't be able to pick you up with one hand, and you certainly wouldn't be able to stand on my shoulder without breaking my <laughs> collarbone. So somebody must have explained that at some point. Well, there you go. <laughs> Isaac Bann. Are you sure it should be Brown? Yes. Okay. He's called Isaac. Uh, nice character bits between Flash and Green Lantern where they both realise that they are flip sides of the same coin. Green Lantern lives every day like it's his first. The Flash lives every day like it's his last. Uh, I have no idea who the new Firestorm is. No, but I felt either. really quite sorry for Jen when dead Firestorm killed her. Um, part of that was sadness that a writer as good as Jeff Johns has fallen for the cliche of killing girlfriends. A girlfriend killed in the DCU? The hell you say? Um, but it was still done well, and you know, I'm sure she'll be back at some point. She not get well. We can't ruin that, can we? No, no, we won't. We won't mention that. Um, it's it's the problem with middle issues of stories. It's like the same thing with the middle episodes of old Doctor Who stories. The first episode and the last episode of where stuff really happens, and the middle issues are just fighting with fighting style and exposition. So it's not bad. It's perfectly readable. Uh, Green Lantern forty six is next after another tune. Cause you 
were all yellow I drew a line I drew a line for you Oh, what a thing to do And it was all yellow Your skin, oh yeah, your skin and bones turn into something beautiful. And you know, for you, I freed myself. Try Green Lantern 46 feared. The cover of this is Carol, Hal, and Sinestro flying through a lot of pink. If they make Star Sapphire in the sequel to Green Lantern, they're really going to have to make that costume have more cloth. (laughs) Flying through a lot of pink. (laughs) Okay. Whilst fighting the Black Lanterns, Sinestro blows up... (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you put the word up, though, because that's not what you've written. You put Sinestro blows Amon. (laughs) Oh, this podcast is wrong! Uh. It blows up Amon into two and turns uh, to relocate members of his corpse to Quad. Where's Quad? The Is this another planet? Anti-matter universe, which was home to the Anti-Monitor. Right. Yes. Yes. Yes, I remember Quad from Crisis on Infinite Earths. However, when he turns back, Amon is stitching himself back together. Which is a neat trick. (laughs) Then, Hal and Indigo 1 and 2 appear and wipe out the Black Lanterns. Cool. Hal confronts Carol about his problems with her joining the Sapphires. I don't think he has much problems with her. I don't think he has much problems with what she's wearing, huh? Sinestro turns... How can she fight without spilling out of that top? Maybe the top... Because it's a PG-rated comic. (laughs) Well, there's licking skulls and p- people blowing yeah, others. Yeah, okay, for um, <laughs> The character called <can't> Fiddler. <laughs> Sinestro turns to attack Hal and ask him what the question Hal was going to ask him before his execution was. If you remember yes, what to say. Yes, I do. It's all tying in. Hal shrugs this off with another one-liner. Was that in Sinestro Core War? No. Or Secret Origin? Uh, it wasn't. It was in... Rage of the Red Lanterns. Right, Rage of the Red Lanterns. I knew it was in a previous issue. Yes. Indigo One confronts Sinestro, telling him that she once knew Abin Sir. And he told her that Sinestro was a Green Lantern that she could trust. Mm, yeah. <laughs> At that moment, two rings fly into the central power battery, reviving the two dead lovers who formed the Star Sapphires. Tearing apart the power battery, unleashing the Predator and destroying the Star Sapphire Core. Indigo teleports the newly formed light team away from Xamarin. Over Sanctuary, John receives a message from an unknown Green Lantern on the surface and flies down onto the surface. The light team arrive on Karuga, Sinestro's planet and Mongol's current whereabouts. And Indigo One tells Sinestro that she brought him here to finally face Mongol. Mongol has been enslaving Karugians. <laughs> or Karugans. Karugans. And Sinestro core members. Enraged, Sinestro attacks Mongol, but is thrown away. The rest of the team begin to battle Mongol, but are interrupted by Sinestro, who has taken this fight personally. Mongol almost kills Sinestro until Sinestro activates a failsafe in all ten of Mongol's rings, stabbing him, and then drops the yellow central battery on top of him. <laughs> Which is really good. With all core members free and having the Karugians' faith restored in Sinestro, he makes himself the leader of the Light Coalition. But then a black lantern ship crashes in front of everyone, and when it opens, 
reveals the dead Abin and Amon, sir. Dun, 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 dun. So, okay. is that Mongol dead now? I, I have no idea we're Mongol. He's been dead about four different times. Um, the revival of Slush... Slush... Is one of the coolest, I think. And because Slush is made up of many dead corpses, when the Black Rings show up, they revive the corpses within him and they make him explode. Cool. It was a bit... Excellent. Um, oh, the cover's a bit pink. There's a pink ink in you, think. It's all a bit pink. It's all a bit pink. It's because the star sapphires are in it. Sinestro's line, use your brain, Earth Woman. <laughs> Made me laugh a hell of a lot. He's a smug scumbag, isn't he? But it was very... Use your brain, Earth Woman! <laughs> Get out of that kitchen. Oh, dear me. Never trust a guardian unless it's Gantet. The guardians are also smug little scumbags. And um, is the new major Green Lantern crossover... <sighs> War of the Green Lanterns. Is that about the Guardians finally falling? No. Because they deserve to. No, it's not. Can I tell you what it's no, about? No, I don't want to know. Glowing Fascist at four o'clock is very funny. Some of the dialogue in this is great. Uh, Green Lantern shows up here after disappearing in Blackest Night 3. And thus, you can't just read Blackest Night and understand the story. Pet peeve alert. Pet peeve. It's like reading three chapters of a book, skipping two chapters and then starting to read again. I hate it. I hate that. I hate that you had to make a reading list for me to understand what order to read this in. Um, this is, by and large, why I don't really follow a lot of DC books anymore. It's very well written. And the art is great. But it feels like ever since Identity Crisis, it's just been one big event after another. And I'm bored of them. It has, yeah. It's just, it's gone from infinite to identity, all the other way around, to 52, to countdown, to Batman R.I.P., to War of the Green Lanterns, to Blackest Night. <sighs> you messed up a bit. I know, but I'm bored. Um, yay, Mongol! I like Mongol. Is this the Mongol who was dead? Or is this the son of Mongol, who was also called Mongol, who was alive? Or is this dead Mongol resurrected by the Black Lanterns? No, it's Mongol's son. Oh, right. Okay. Well, this Mongol lad loads of yellow rings, so he can't be a black lantern. Yeah. Um, still doesn't tell me which Mongol he is, though. Being betrayed by the rings is very cool, and Sinestro dropping the yellow lantern power battery on him is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I do think that at that point we will bring part one of our epic coverage of Blackest Night to an end. Because... Well, it's not as late as it normally is when we record these things. But I'm an holiday for a week now. so Next not. time, we will be covering Green Lantern 47, Blackest Night 4, Green Lantern 48, Blackest Night 5, Green Lantern 49, Blackest Night 6. And then for episode 3, we'll be covering Green Lantern 50, 51, Blackest Night 7, Green Lantern 52, and Blackest Night 8. Uh, so we'll see you next time on an all-new episode of Hey Kids Comics. And get yourself some alcohol. You'll certainly need it. Yes, it's... Yes. Yes. Say goodnight, Michael. Good night, Michael. Hey Kids Comics is a The Devil Will Find Work for Idle Hands to Do production. All music used in the show is copyright by their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. Michael and Andrew make no money from this. They do it simply for fun. And because they have too much spare time. Huh. The opinions of Michael and Andrew expressed in the show are the opinions of Michael and Andrew and nobody else. We can be emailed on heykidscomics at virginmedia.com and our website is www.heykidscomics.webspace.virginmedia.com. You can friend us on Facebook by going to Hey Kids, all one name, comics. 
all one name. And now it's time to pick up our bottomless brown bag, don an ill-advised polyester shirt and beige bell-bottoms, and hitchhike down the loneliest road we can find, all the while trying to find a way to control the raging spirit that dwells within. You be good to yourself, my friends.